Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's a Thursday, and we're reacting to a game that just happened, but also looking ahead to a game that's coming up in a few days. So this is like the perfect day for broadcasting the boys. We're here in the Blogging the Boys Network. I am Ari Temkin on Twitter at Ari Sports. Of course, as always, joined by the wonderfully talented and beautiful Ellen DeG- No, Roy. <laughs> Roy White, RW3 on Twitter. Somewhat resembles Ellen, as we've discussed. It's not anymore. I got a beard. Ellen doesn't have, she can't do this. Okay. Let's make that abundantly clear, at least not yet. I'm sure she has access to the types of hormones that can make that happen for her, but yeah, don't not speak, yet. Don't speak it into existence. Okay. Uh, thank you for checking out today's podcast. Make sure to subscribe if you've not yet already. What's up, Roy? Not a whole lot, brother. Uh, you're right. I mean, you and I, uh, we're on regular rest. There's nothing taxing about what we're doing here, but apparently a lot of Cowboys fans seem to think they're at some major disadvantage now, even though they actually almost got to prepare for a football game for two full weeks and they still got bounced by 17 points. <laughs> yeah, they are at a major disadvantage here. It's that they're playing for the Cowboys in 2020, and that is quite the disadvantage in 2020. <laughs> is that a McCarthy joke right out of the gate? I thought we weren't going to do that right out of the gate. Oh, no. Mike McCarthy, he's great. He's doing just fine. He's doing just fine. Nothing wrong with Mike McCarthy. Well, it's funny that you bring him up because that's actually kind of the first thing I thought about, and one of the first things that I feel like Cowboys fans have been having big reactions to is – if Mike McCarthy can't get it done on a backup plan, why is it that so many other coaches around the league seem to be able to? You had the Washington Redskins, who I guess – or the Washington football team, excuse me, who I guess you could say were on a backup plan, only I think if we're being realistic, we all probably accepted the fact that Alex Smith was a better quarterback than Dwayne Haskins to start the year, if healthy. Yeah. Okay, so – I want to eliminate that as a potential backup plan. Um, and, I and suppose speak to it's what fair you to throw a backup plan. I'm sorry. Give me an idea of what you mean by backup plan. Well, it seemed to be the Cowboys fan base seemed to think that Mike McCarthy has all the tools necessary to be able to craft himself a victory with a solid game plan. And while I do believe that that is true, I don't know if that's true when he's facing off against the league MVP from a year ago. Now, I'm not saying that Lamar Jackson in 2020 looks anything like Lamar Jackson in 2019, but against the Dallas Cowboys, he kind of did. 
certainly from an athleticism standpoint. And they came into that game expecting to lose by nine points, according to Vegas. They were underdogs by nine points in that game. And quite frankly, had they made three field goals, two of which at least I assume Greg Zerline makes, and the third he probably makes 70% of the time, uh, they would have covered that nine points. And we would be having a different conversation, I suppose, about the context of the way they lost that game. But instead, I hear a lot of Cowboys fans bemoaning the fact that Mike McCarthy hasn't gotten more out of even the available options he has. Do you think he's gotten as much as he could or as he should from an expectation standpoint based on what they're throwing out there? Um, so <laughs> I, I find this idea funny and like, you know, I, during games, I'm watching them at the, the fan studios, Brian brought us and I'm what, you know, I take a look at the text line, you know, as things name drop. You are yeah. watching it from a different perspective though. When you have brought us by your side, make no mistake. That is an intelligent football man. Yeah. And he is more than willing to share that knowledge, which is awesome. Totally. But I, like, I'll just glance over the text line and you've just got people like Kellen Moore is the worst. They got to fire Kellen Moore. Kill, like, and I, I'm watching this game. I'm like, are people crazy? Like, do people do people have any concept of reality whatsoever? Like, how can you watch this team and think like Kellen Moore is the problem? You know, look, the Dallas Cowboys yesterday or on Tuesday night, they put up 277 passing yards and 111 rushing yards. 388 total yards against league's third-ranked defense with Terrence Steele playing right tackle, Brandon Knight playing left tackle, and Andy Dalton at quarterback. Are people nuts? This team has a really bad defense. It was going to have a really bad defense. Yeah, are they still on track to be the worst Cowboys defense in history by a a long shot? I know you've been keeping a weekly tally of They're on track to be the worst defense in the history of the NFL uh, with the way they play the last two games. They've now given up 393 points, 393. The record for the Cowboys is 436. With four games left, they're going to shatter that record. Let's do it in one. And 30, All we need is one, baby. If they give up 35 points a game over the next four games, they are going to tie the 1981 Baltimore Colts for the worst defense of all time with 533 points given up. So, like, yeah, the Cowboys have a decent backup plan. They just didn't have a very good, like, initial plan on defense. And I just don't know. Like, I could shout this for the mountaintops. The, the secondary was not going to be good. If you thought coming into this year the secondary was going to be good, you're, you were wrong. There's just no way you can look at the players that they had and think this this secondary could be good. The linebacking core, I'm willing to give you because I think you could make could have made the case linebacking core could have been okay and, and expectations mm-hmm. were drastically wrong there. Defensive line, that one I'll give you. The strength of this defense was supposed to be the defensive line, but like when I hear that, like why are other teams like this team is fine offensively? Now, given the, they only scored 17 points, but that's it's kind of what you expect with Andy Dalton. They they nearly had 400 yards of offense against one of the league's best defenses. Like, it's crazy to me that people complain about Kellen Moore in the offense here. The, the defense is the issue. It's been the issue. It's why they it's why they're three and nine. No question about it. But even still, 
I guess teams think Mike McCarthy and his staff should be able to manufacture victories. And I suppose that may be the case. Let's just give him an opportunity to do it in a realistic situation, not against the former MVP and not against the league's third-ranked defense on the road, okay? In talking about backup plans, the Cowboys are actually in a position to potentially face three backup plans in their next four games. We know for certain this upcoming weekend when they play the Cincinnati Bengals, they will not be playing the odds-on favorite for the rookie of the year before he got hurt in Joe Burrow, okay? So backup plan number one. The following week, they will be taking on the 49ers, who I don't think will have Jimmy Garoppolo back under center at that time. Backup plan number two. And finally, they will be taking on the Philadelphia Eagles, who even though they drafted a quarterback in the second round this year, I do believe none of us really considered that they would be uh, Begshin Carson Wentz at this point. But now that they are, they're on to their backup plan. Backup plan number three. Now is where I think Cowboys fans will have a legitimate beef if he can't manufacture something in the next three games. Okay? Don't need you to beat a Ravens team that you were favor that you were not that you were expected to lose by by nine points. Okay? I don't really even need you to make that game competitive because I never expected it to be. But when you pay, play a Cincinnati Bengals team whose defense is about as bad as yours and whose offense is probably worse considering the weapons they have available and the quarterback that they don't, now I maybe have some cause for concern if they lose a game like that the way that they did to the Ravens. Who wants them to win right now? <laughs> I mean, I agree practically. I don't want them to win, but at the same time, every loss compounds the issues that present themselves in both the media and in social media, right? We what? talked last week about how we didn't think a coach needed to be axed at the end of this season because it's their first season on the job. Well, if this continues the way that it has... And as some writers have written this past week, there are no indications that it's going to get better, nor are there any indications that a plan is in place to make it better. Then I do think heads are at risk of rolling. I, um, I want to five and 11 looks a lot different than three and 13 from this point of the season on. Would you agree? Yeah. Now let me, let me just say here at three and nine that I'm going to amend what I said last week, and I'm going to call it right now. There is no way that Mike Nolan is back next year. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I no. kind of felt that same way. Um, I just don't think he's going to be able to survive when all of the dust settles right. because so many explosions have taken place inside his house. You know what I mean? Uh, I it's mean, every week. And it happened and last night. Horrendous. It happened Tuesday night as well when – after the game, McCarthy was asked by Todd Archer, is this a scheme or a personnel issue? And McCarthy's answer was, well, we're too far down the road to be blaming the scheme at this point. So he pointed the finger directly at the, at the players. And then Demarcus Lawrence later on, multiple times sort of referenced, defense is playing great, just 
this is a scheme issue. And you didn't say it as outwardly as that, but it was very much pointing the blame at the coaching. So, I mean, you have, as you have with teams that lose fingers pointing in opposite directions, but you can replace a coach. Very difficult to replace all the personnel you have on defense. Now they're going to replace a lot of these personnel. Yeah. But What's more necessary though? What truly is more necessary? We know the answer. Yeah. It's getting the players replaced. Yeah. Yep. Well, and it's, it's just gross negligence in the part of the front office to believe that they had the right pieces in their secondary in a passing league, like we're seeing in 2020. Like I, I just don't understand how you lose Byron Jones and think we'll be okay. Based on what we saw last year from that secondary. Like that's just crazy to me. Well, at least they let Robinson off the hook yesterday or uh, two days ago, except for the fact that um, a lot of Cowboys fans didn't realize that that wasn't Reggie Robinson. (laughs) Yeah, Rashad Robinson has thrown everybody for a loop here. (laughs) Yeah. And don't get me wrong. When I first saw Robinson, I did get excited, but I quickly realized that's not that's not the one we want. A different. That's not the one anybody cares about. It's a different R. Robinson. I um, this is a big game on Sunday against Cincinnati. This is for the right third pick here. I think it is. And you've secured a top five pick most likely. But I got to believe the coaching staff feels like this is one they need to win. Oh yeah. And the Cowboys players feel like this is one they need to win. Yeah. Even though fans will will be rooting for the opposite. They probably will because they're, this is, they're, they're better. They have more talent. They better players. So, yeah. Well, I do think they're expected to win. And I would expect them to win. Plus, you got the whole Andy Dalton going back to Cincinnati. Yeah. As we found out, the all-time leader in almost everything with the franchise. That um, I guess is backhanded compliment, compliment, E. In that you're the best Bengal, you know. <laughs> I mean, there's. I don't know. I wonder how many. I wonder how many franchises. If I really think about it, I wonder how many franchises that would be a backhanded compliment for, right? It's actually probably more than half of them when you truly think about it. Well, Jay Cutler, just to give you an idea, Jay Cutler has all of the passing statistics for the Bears. So. Yeah. That's a pretty uh, good example of that. Matt Stafford for the Lions, I'm sure. Um. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, there's some, not to say Matt Stafford's on on those twos. Right, and Stafford's actually a good quarterback. <laughs> is Cutler's he? not. I mean, I suppose he is. Uh, just good enough. Not great. Matt Stafford is not a great quarterback, in my opinion. But we're digressing just a little bit there. Um, either way, the Cowboys will have a quarterback that is better than the opponent quarterback for probably – the first time since Dak has gotten injured. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I suppose you could argue that going into the Washington game, that maybe had been close. I mean, you could, you could, although I think, you know, yeah, you, you could, that's a, that would have been a coin flip at the time. I agree. Clearly better than, than Ben Roethlisberger, obviously. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that one's a no brainer for sure. Gilbert, Clearly better than Roethlisberger. All right, I, st- I take it back. I mean, what are you watching for the rest of this season? The Cowboys' season reached a new low. 
you think about Sunday Night Football decided to flex the Cowboys and Niners to noon so they can get the Browns and Giants, which is wow, the most 2020 thing ever. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys got flexed for the Browns. I'm trying to think how far back you would go. I think you could you could go back only like two and a half months to right before Dak getting hurt. And if you would have told somebody that, they would have slapped you <laughs> and said that's impossible. And it's Cowboys Niners. So it's, you know what I mean? Like the, the legacy right. versus the legacy of right. New York and Cleveland. <laughs> it's astonishing. And yet you are correct. They have reached a new low in the 2020 football season. What am I looking for? I don't know. I'm looking for something to surprise me. I'm looking for something to illustrate that what I believe about this team isn't true and about the players on this team isn't true. Now, some of them have more than confirmed my suspicions. CeeDee Lamb, you know, very, very good. Well, the receiving core, just think about their pass catchers. Like, this is the one group of the team that's been – like really good all year. And rock just, solid, rock and solid. People, and we expected them to be. I mean, you could still argue they're the best receiving group in the NFL, despite the fact you know they don't have a quarterback to really make them look good. But even you know, Jarwin was supposed to factor in a big way this year, and instead they have to turn to Dalton Schultz, who's emerged and has put together a pretty pretty remarkable season considering. So it's like even that backup plan seemed to work for the Cowboys. So like that's. I would say all year, the most consistent group that's performed and performed at a high level has been the receiving core, the pass catchers, all of them. Yeah. You know, I think you're right. Like what, what could surprise you? Like what would, I mean, I I guess I'll, I'll answer that question. Literally any other position group being successful other than the wide receivers. That would. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody stepping up uh, in a youth scenario as well. Right. Um, I'm obviously keeping an eye on all the guys that will be around here for several years. Neville Gallimore, you know, we'll love to see him get more run. I think Antoine Woods is a good player long-term. Like I wish they would have kind of locked him up, but he may may not be one of those guys that's here that much longer. It's hard to look at the offensive line and think, wow, this is a player we can develop when every guy playing on the offensive line, really none of them you considered to be, long-term options they're just stop gaps so really they're filling in for the rest of the season and then you feel like you might move on i think there could be some potential long-term options in the offensive line like i also think that's another i mean man if you think about that ravens defensive front and how well the cowboys offensive line played again i mean terrence Steele's a guy that looked like he belonged nowhere near an nfl field four weeks ago three weeks ago and now he he played decent held up pretty decently i mean yeah and And maybe Maybe that's it. The development of those, again, young guys, like the development of those guys, the CD lambs of the world. Um, there's nothing really that could happen in the secondary that would impress me because I'm already out on all of it. There, there's nothing you could do. I'm sorry, Dar- you know, I'm sorry, Dorian Thompson. Like, thanks for the pick six, your butt out of here. Like, see ya. Um, Anthony Brown didn't play. Didn't miss you. Uh, cool. Um, Cheeto, you know, she don't like, that's good. That's thank good. you. I, s- sincerely, 
I could go with a whole new cast and I won't feel any regrets about any of them. Leighton Vander Esch, I suppose I still have hope for him. Jalen, I've kind of lost it on. Uh, his leg's just gone. His leg's just gone. And it's a nice story. He led the team in tackles. He made some decent plays, a couple of tackles on Lamar Jackson. But when he was caught in space against Lamar Jackson, and I know he does that to a lot of people still, but he didn't have a chance. He didn't have a prayer. And that's what I feel like I'm doing too often when Jalen is in coverage is I'm praying that he can hang on, knowing that he can't. Uh, so as far as what I'm watching, man, it's a select group. It's a very thin group. Anything else that I missed, didn't touch on, that you would be interested in seeing. Do you want to see Garrett Gilbert from here on out? I would agree now that especially maybe Andy Dalton gets his swan song against Cincinnati. And at that point, I'm more than happy to see the rest of the season with Garrett Gilbert. I, I think I'm, I'm fine with Dalton playing the rest of the year. The rest of the year now, you were clamoring for him to be starting over Andy Dalton. It's true. And you weren't alone in that. And then I and I I just thought at the time, and I think I'm wrong now that Andy Dalton's going to be worth anything on the free agent market. He probably not is going to get you any type of compensatory pick like I thought he might when they I, signed him this offseason. The thing is, it's like uh, the reason I don't care anymore is because I don't like I'm fine with Andy Dalton coming back as the back quarterback here. Like Dalton, Dalton is what he is. I think he's fine if you need him to play a couple of games here or there. But, I mean, if he's going to be your quarterback the majority of the season, it's not going to be a good – you're not going to be good, especially if you yeah. don't have anything on defense. Yeah, you got a point there. I guess if he's played his way out of starter consideration around the NFL, then he could be an option at backup for the Cowboys, and I would do that. The question is, could you re-up him again for the type of money that you did this time? I don't know. I think some team might say they would be willing to pay him more as a backup than $2 million. Because I think teams treated him last year like he was holding out for starter money. They weren't going to give him anything close. And he wound up on the outside looking in when all the, when all the seats of the musical chairs were taken. This time around, if he's got expectations that are realistic, I could see another team grabbing him. And so, I mean – even to hedge your bets a little bit, I wouldn't mind seeing Garrett Gilbert one or two more games, especially if you're a Cowboys fan who ultimately wants to see them lose out, right? I, uh, I don't know which quarterback gives them the better chance to lose out. <laughs> you don't know which quarterback gives them the better chance to lose. That's a good question. It's a complicated one. I mean, to. I would say Danucci. Yeah. Did, you I really mean, want that, to play that That's game. for sure. Yes. Yeah. 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 Good times. Good times. <laughs> they are uh, – man, they're exciting. It's exciting to talk about this football team, I got to tell you. <laughs> When's the draft again? Are they doing that in Vegas again this year? I don't know if they have any plans for it yet. It's in April, obviously. And, um, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure they're going to end up having to do the exact same thing they did last year. Yeah. Well, they're all, you know, I would say once we get the elderly and, and the uh, essential workers vaccinated, I would think NFL players are next up on that list. 
<laughs> Easily. Right? Why, why rush to the elderly? Well, once you get the elderly, okay? We no. got William Shakespeare out of the way. He was the second eldest, you know, the second person to get COVID, uh, the vaccine. That was great. Very exciting. No, I mean, now, I'm saying I, I would think you'd go first responders, NFL players, elderly. Yeah, you're right. Okay, we screwed up giving the elderly. We should have given the NFL players the shots right now. <laughs> right? Because we know they're not canceling any games no matter what happens. Do you think I'm wrong about the backup plan thing? Like, Am I, am I being too kind to Mike McCarthy and to this coaching staff? No, uh, I mean, again, I, they have not impressed. Okay. But in terms of like falling flat on their faces, it's the players who have done that. It's the players who have embarrassed themselves to the point that some of them may not have jobs in the NFL going forward. I don't believe Mike McCarthy I don't believe Kellen Moore have embarrassed themselves to that extent. Okay. You want to put Mike Nolan in that category? So be it. But I don't think Mike McCarthy has done that, especially when he has delivered on an edict that Cowboys fans were clamoring for, which is more aggressive play calling. Now, in some cases it's gone over the, over, over the line, overboard. Yeah, but okay. I'd rather that than the, the Garrett lack of aggression. You damn right. Every day of the week, I would rather that on my football team to make that an exciting decision and to make that what I believe is the correct decision more times than not to help your football team. Now, is it the right call to go for it, you know, with a fake punt when you're down by four in a close game on your own side of the field? Maybe not, okay? I will say that some of the poor, some of the poorer decisions to go for it on fourth down have come on special teams plays. And so I'm willing to give a little bit on the idea that maybe that's not all McCarthy. Maybe that's a little bit more fossil calling those types of things and having oh. those fail the way that they have. But – I love the way that Mike McCarthy has been aggressive. I think long-term it bodes well when those types of decision-making things even out. I think it bodes well for the Cowboys, and I think they'll benefit from it more so when they have their actual quarterback under center to be executing yeah. those decisions. Yeah, and, and I, I think the thing that I – I don't know if I'm missing here is like this idea of, Hey, this team is built to win on offense. So when you lose your offense, you can't count on a defense. It's not very good. And I guess I wonder like, is this defense worse than it should be? And is that because of coaching and scheme? I, I certainly don't think that's crazy to say. And then worse, you know, the, the worst thing that can happen here is that the Cowboys use Nolan as a scapegoat for what is really a larger issue, which is that they've completely 
completely ignored the flaws that they've had in their secondary for years. They've completely ignored the idea that they don't draft really well at corner and that they haven't put any draft capital or any capital whatsoever into the safety position. Yeah. That has to be the takeaway from Stephen Jones and Will McClay in this front office. It can't be, well, Mike Nolan, Mike Nolan was a disaster and he should never have tried to switch the schemes and these are the wrong players. Like, no, 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 that, there's truth in that, but that it's not going to fix the issue here. That's the bigger picture. You're not fixing the issue here unless you go to the root of the problem. The root of the problem is personnel and their secondary. No, well said. 100% well said. I couldn't have said it better. The root of the problem is the fact that they cannot cover opposing teams. And not I think another problem, and I hate to go here because so many people just default to this, and it can wind up being the entire argument for everything, right? Jerry? Not necessarily. Well, it, yes, obviously it goes back to Jerry, but it is somewhat of the culture. Do Cowboys players work hard? when no one's watching, do they have a little bit of a sense of entitlement, whether that stems from the way they're treated by the Joneses, the way that they're talked about, or perhaps the way that the spotlight is always on them, whether they're good or bad. That may not always be a fault of Jerry Jones, right? That is a fault of the entire media system that we exist in that basically relies on Cowboys content to fuel itself. Let me ask you something. How do you, how do you fix culture? Overhaul. What? And if you don't overhaul it from the top, can you ever really fix it? Now you can change the coach, right? But when the general manager or the assistant general manager goes on the radio once a week or twice a week in both cases, and says something to the effect of, we think our players are good. We think they're playing hard enough. And we're trying to work hard to make it better. And you've been hearing them say that for four or five years when the results have been the same under achievement. I can understand how Cowboys fans get frustrated by that. I really can. I don't know what the solution is to that either because – it doesn't seem to be just as simple as switching out a coaching staff. Right. And look, I, I mean, I think, I think Dak Prescott sets the tone for culture and you know, he's a really, he's a really important and impactful leader. I think Dak Prescott works insanely hard when nobody's watching. I don't think Dak Prescott is entitled. So, I mean, it's on the one hand, I, I don't disagree with your assertion about culture of this organization, but I also am like, I don't know. Maybe that's just something we throw around when we don't have a further explanation, or maybe it's just part of the fabric of the Cowboys. And it is, yeah. you know, it's that idea of Jimmy Johnson wanting nothing more than to win and Jerry wanting to win, but also brand and money which can't, which are at times going to be at odds with one another. And maybe, maybe well, that's, and can, that's can an offensive culture and a defensive culture exist, like coexist, but also be two separate entities. Because I agree. I think the offensive culture now, maybe it's because a result of success, 
But I do think the offensive culture, I've heard of them working together in the offseason on their own. We got reports of Dak Prescott gathering teammates to work in the offseason. Now, I guess I suppose I have seen some internet videos of like some of the cornerbacks getting together and doing ladder drills, but are they getting together and to the same extent? And is that us really, you know, is that me individually, but also Cowboys fans as a whole, just nitpicking because we're disgusted at the final result, right? The final result isn't what we want. So we're looking for every single way to try to figure out why. I think that's part of it. I mean, I also think it's fair to say that McCarthy's made mistakes, you know, like I, I totally think if, fair, if accurate you, to say, if you grade him out this year, you know, there's positives and there's, there's negatives and there's, I mean, I think it's fair to say that the way that he handled the pandemic and processes throughout was, was bad. Um, especially on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, well, they got a lot of work to do. I tell you, though, if there's any week in their entire season to look like a serviceable defense, it would be this upcoming weekend against the Cincinnati Bengals and Ryan Finley. I jokingly say that because I think Ryan Finley started for the Bengals a year ago, and I literally don't know who their backup is. Off the top of your head? They are going to be starting. Can name all their skill position players. They actually have a decent crop, you know. think Joe Mixon's out. Tyler Boyd. Allen, that's right. That's right. Okay. Brandon Allen. Not to be confused with Kyle Allen. Not to be confused with Kyle Allen. The Panthers darling of a season ago. Brandon Allen from Arkansas. Who's a sixth round pick in 2016. Yeah. yeah Cowboys like, have a quarterback advantage, finally. So, Mike McCarthy, you are on notice now. I know Cowboys fans don't actually want to win this game. Okay. Some do. But if they lose, it will be the largest justification that there will be to, in my opinion, throw stones at Mike McCarthy and the coaching staff. If they don't win this game, a game that they should be expected to win, then we're going to come back on here fully rested and, and we're going to flame this place. That's Ray White on Twitter at RW3. I'm Ari Temkin. You can follow me on Twitter at Ari Sports. Of course, make sure to check out the Cowboys pregame show with myself and Brian Broaddus. We start at 9 a.m. on Sunday. And then, of course, the postgame show to follow. We will take your phone calls and your texts and your belly aching uh, until 6 o'clock at night. So uh, we're with you the whole way on 105 through the fan across the Dallas Cowboys radio network. Of course, so is blogging the boys, bloggingtheboys.com. Always make sure to check out the great work that's done by all of the great and fantastic writers and contributors. Make blogging the boys your homepage because it's where you get all your news, insights, and information on the Cowboys. Uh, but for now, Roy, why don't you leave the people with something? Hey, excited to see Andy head back to Cincinnati. I hope they'll do a nice welcoming ceremony for him. And if that's the last I see of the red rifle in a Cowboys uniform, that'll be enough for me, Ari. <laughs>